we have to talk about that fucked up sculpture thing you want. <laughs> yes. Because weird contorted baby heads coming out of some... Screaming baby heads coming out of a turtle. Yes. No, yes. that is awful. It is horrifically awesome. It's and awesomely just, horrific. Well, then there's that too, but I, I just, I need it. I need that because it's just so ridiculous. And then the one where they're humping each other, that's even more awesome. No, it's disturbing. <laughs> and it reminded me of the thing and alien and <laughs> shit that gives you nightmares. For those who want to see these sculptures, you can check out my Instagram. I am at Pirate Alice on the Instagrams. Oh, and since we're doing that, I'm at, at Bill Ivory Larson. Yeah, that's a cool thing to do, actually. All there you right. go. And so the sculptures were created by an artist from Ohio named Jeff Galewood. He is also on Instagram, but he hasn't posted in a while. Um, his Instagram is Jeff underscore Galewood underscore SR because he's Jeff Galewood Sr. And he's got a lot of crazy ass shit. Uh, the website where he was selling these things uh, no longer exists. So you might be able to find him on eBay. I have not been able to yet, but I will keep my eyes open. How how much are these baby? Well, I don't know because you can't really get them anymore. Well, if you can't, if you have to ask, you shouldn't get it because it's disturbing. Well, you can't get it right now because, and I was having trouble finding information. My friends were able to flex their Google foo and found things. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. It's disturbing, people. It is, isn't it? Isn't it just the most disgusting, crazy shit? I love it. Yes. Because <laughs> I love crazy, disturbing shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Engage with us on social media at Symbol The Watchlist Pod and catch up on all of our back episodes on thewatchlistpod.com. And that was actually a very good thing you did. You can check out Patty on her Instagram at Pirate Alice. And you can also check out me and my silly feed at Bill Ivory Larson. Hmm. In case you want to know who your hosts are. Yes. And see the creepy screaming baby head turtle. Which I will have nothing. To do. Oh God! I'd rather watch the Mask Singer. Oh, which is over now. Oh, thank God! And uh, stay out of it. Nick Lachey was the winner. Nick Lachey was the winner. An actual yes. singer was the winner. Surprisingly, yes. Whatever. So glad we're done with that show. Any hoozy. I'll tell you what. So. We are back from New Orleans, mm -hmm. which have, did you say you, you've been? I have never been, but I want to go. Our friend Terry. Shout out to Terry. Yo, uh, Terry. So she is the master of the spreadsheet. And she dug deep and did tons of research about where to eat and things to do in New Orleans. So big shout out to her. 
and she found the most amazing, amazing places to eat in New Orleans. And there was only one meal that was still a, a fairly like two and a half star, maybe week three star meal compared to the rest of them. But if you ever go to New Orleans, it is not just about Bourbon Street. Fuck Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street is for tourists. I mean, you know, a lot of <laughs> New Orleans is, but <laughs> but it's for young, stupid, you know. Alcoholic er- tourists. Alcoholic, just turned 21 tourists who, you know, think that that's what New Orleans is about. And that's not. Um, we found a new great dive bar while we were there. And our last day, Laura and I toured a sculpture garden while we were there. Oh, nice. Did you, you, so you didn't do any of the, um, the spooky tours. Uh, uh, Voodoo. That's the word. I could not find the voodoo crazy tours. We did not do that because there was one tour that Laura and Terry wanted to do very specifically that had to do with one cemetery, but it was closed. Oh, okay. And to do the other ones, which was not the one, which were not the ones that she wanted to do, would have taken us all over the place, and it wasn't. It it just wasn't going to work. Okay. But there's a reason that I bring this up. Mm-hmm. The food is absolutely incredible in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and I and it was really the first time I had ever done a. Uh, like food tourism tour, as it were. I mean, I you know, if that's not a phrase, hashtag food tourism or, you know, a foodie it tour. Might be. Yeah, there are foodie tours of things and foodie vacation-y type things. Yeah. I mean, usually when I go, I don't know about you and, and Dwight, but when we go on vacation, we go to see stuff. And if food is involved, that's great. But not doing the level of research that, that our friend Terry did. And I bring that up because one of the things that I want to talk about is a brand new show on Netflix, and it's called High on the Hog. Have you heard about this show? I have not. It is. Its subtitle is How African-American Cuisine Transformed America. And there is a, a chef and writer by the name of Stephen Satterfield who traces food from its origins in Africa to what we think of as both Southern food and food in America. And while we were in New Orleans, we visited the Whitney Plantation. And I, ha- and I have to be honest with you, I, I was not looking forward to it. I can see that. And, but the reason that we went there is because the Whitney plantation has been turned into a museum about slavery and the horrors of slavery. And it, it, it doesn't shy away from it, okay. which is actually one of the things that I very much liked about being in New Orleans. Um, but being there and, and being on land that is at once both beautiful and built on blood, really, it hurts your soul. Or it should hurt your soul. If it doesn't, you're a demon and you should be expelled back to the hell 
scape from which you come. But walking at the plantation and seeing the work of so many slaves that came here from Benin and other places in Africa in the transatlantic slave trade was impactful for two reasons. One, I did my Ancestry.com. Oh, right. And and part of me comes from Benin. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And that is, as as you find out, one of the gates of no return. Oh. And so when you were shackled and led to these boats that took you away, you knew once you passed through this area, not even necessarily a gate per se, but this area, you were never going to see your home or your family again. Hmm. And if you survive the journey, you came here and you were lucky enough to survive. So the Whitney Plantation teaches you so much about life and about how this country was built on that, on the backs of those slaves. And this show teaches you about the foods that were brought from Africa that are now that are now so commonplace because they are what the industry of plantations were built off of. So when we were there having this food tour, we had things like okra, red beans and rice, and and believe me, fucking delicious food. But watching this show, I cried during the first episode. Because when you when you see and and this guy goes to Benin very specifically and visits these these neighborhoods where the food comes from and where it's born and and the fact that it was brought to this country it 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 made me cry that it was so beautifully done i i first looked at this show like oh this these episodes are like an hour well shit but okay i'll give it a shot and i am so glad that i did there are four episodes on netflix one of them is called Our Roots. The next episode is called The Rice Kingdom, Our Founding Chefs, and then the last one is called Freedom. Each one, the shortest one is about 47 minutes. The longest one, which is the first one, is about an hour. And if you love food, and if you care about history, and you are open to what needs to change in this country and how it was changed by the African-American diaspora in this country, watch High on the Hog on Netflix. It is a show that I came across by accident, and it should get more play out there. But if you're looking for something impactful and friggin' delicious at the same time, please, please do yourself a favor and watch it. There, that reminds me of a show I saw on Hulu. It's called Taste the Nation. Um, and uh, the host, uh, Padma Lakshmi, uh, she goes, one of the episodes, she does go into the South and she goes over uh, that cuisine that, that was brought by the slaves and talking about what's very common and uh, 
that one was similar and very interesting, but it was just one uh, short little episode of hers on that show. Mm. And it's really good. If you want to get more of all the cuisines in America, she goes through all of it, like uh, Native American cuisine and what they eat and how they grow it and all that stuff. It's really cool. Well, awesome. the high and the hog. Yeah, that's awesome, too. I'm going to check that one out. And please do, because I I never realized, or at least a lot of times in this country, we don't think about where our food is from. Yeah, where what, these dishes, what inspired them? What inspired who them? them who brought the crops over, mm -hmm. you know, to begin them here? And that food was part of the transatlantic slave trade. No matter how many times, how many people in politics are trying to downplay slavery and whitewash it and so forth, the transatlantic slave trade happened. And part of that story is the foods that they brought, which are commonplace to us now. So any hoozy. And that's why I had to cleanse my palate with a comedy, but we will get to that All in right. a little bit. So what was the thing that you watched? So I watched two documentaries. The first one is on Hulu and it is called We Work or The Making and Breaking of a $47 billion unicorn. <laughs> it outlines uh, this company that was started by a man named Adam Newman. Um, he's an Israeli-American businessman, and in 2010, he co-founded this company, WeWork. He grew up in, like, a commune, like a kibbutz, and so he's got that whole group think everybody working together kind of mentality. And the WeWork uh, company is a, an American commercial real estate company providing flex workspace for tech startups and other services stuff. And so he built these shared workspaces as people communing and working together. And somehow this company made its stock market debut and was announced and like it is what they call a unicorn in the stock market where the price of it just keeps rising and rising, but nobody can really understand why. Like it's mm. a real estate company. That's all it is. But he's marking it as some kind of lifestyle kind of a thing. And like their company takes all their, their tenants on these giant festival like trips to work to have fun and drink like crazy people together. And he got this big uh, investor guy to cover them. And then the whole thing just went belly up, like shit went down and it was crazy shit. He also oh. expanded into a We Live brand where all of the people who work together in the shared workspaces now live together in this big condo building with all it where it's like it's like a giant dorm essentially and it, it's like he created a cult almost wow which quite possibly he did create a cult uh, <laughs> if, if you really want to dig into it 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 
really seem like a cult. And this guy just has the charisma that made everybody just forget reason and follow him. Wow. It is. And um, this documentary, I, I had heard WeWork before, but I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Like I had heard of it, but that's as far as it went. I heard people buzzing about it, but I didn't know anything else about it at all. And, and this where documentary, is it again? It's on Hulu. It is 104 minutes long, and it's just crazy to see what the fuck was going on with this shit and how I, messed up it was. I and and this is going to be weird and quasi political, and I don't mean that in any way because I have certainly felt this about musical groups before certain politicians before myself and all of that. I just don't get how you cross that line from fan to fanatic. I, I truly don't. And, and because I'm, I'm willing to put something aside and go, Oh my God, that was so awesome. That was great. But my life is over here. What is it about one person? I just don't get it. Well, when somebody's got the craziest charisma, apparently, of this guy, you get people who really want to follow him. And he was tr- kind of acting as a mentor and someone that these young people, because he grabbed a bunch of young people to work for him, oh. you know, follow and learn from. At least they thought they were going to learn something and really start a career and a life. Wow. And that's how these people who worked for him kind of fell into that. Um, other things, I don't know. I mean, you're pretty obsessive fanatic about Star Wars and Marvel. Yes. If you really yes. think about it. But I and 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 I said that and I fully cop to that. There are mm-hmm. things that I am a fan of. But but I also know that Star Wars is a movie. Right. As opposed as opposed to <laughs> the friggin' airheads who thought that avatar and that fucked up world should be real do you remember that a few years ago i do recall that yeah and those people wanted to go to fucking pandora wherever the fuck that was and and live a life planet somewhere and that was a cgi creation (laughs) oh my god yeah it's not even real like it's not even a real model it's it you Mm -hmm. know so i'm willing to to say yes i am a huge fan of this and it's awesome. We watched another episode or got caught up on the Bad Batch last night, the animated thing on Disney Plus. Okay. So yes, I'm on board, but I can I can put that aside and recognize it as a fiction. That's all. I and yes, is that me being judgy? Absolutely. I get that. So I wow, that is, that does sound interesting. I will check that out. So after watching um, High on the Hog and literally drying tears, I was uh, there is a scene in that show where the head guy takes off his shoes and walks on the same road in this and is at the same place where black men and women died before their journey to become slaves. Mm-hmm. And it is so impactful. And I and I was like, okay, let me get these tears out. Now I need to watch something funny. So I remembered something in the back of my head saying, go to Peacock. Mm-hmm. So I went to that shitty, shitty, <laughs> shitty app 
Peacock. Yes, yes, it is. I'll tell you what. I actually had to stop my TV, take out the batteries of my remote to make sure that it was functioning properly. Oh, my God. And remember I said geeky, geekily a few weeks ago or months ago or whatever that I have an OLED TV. And if you leave an image on the screen long enough, it'll burn into the screen. Well, their main screen where you set up a profile in Peacock mm-hmm. where you get to choose an avatar and all that yep, other sort yep. of stuff. I got to well, go it was that. frozen on my screen oh, for, for like a minute before I changed it back. Oh, shit. And then when I went back to it, the image had already... Oh. No. started to burn into my TV. I'm like, fuck this noise. Fuck. But I went back to it. And when it finally loaded, Peacock is horrible through Comcast because it just takes fucking forever to load. It's clunky. We have said it before. We, we will say it again. It's a shitty, shitty app. But it's got a promising show call, called Girls 5 Eva. I have heard of this show. I have not yet watched it. And it is actually, um, it stars Sarah Bareilles, mm-hmm. the singer, as in, I'm not going to write you a love song. And the you, eh. Broadway musical Waitress. Yes. So Sarah Bareilles plays um, the lead in this show, Dawn. And she was part of this five girl group that's, that's sort of an American version of Spice Girls. But instead of Spice Girls having hit after hit after hit, they had one hit back ah, in the one 90s. hit wonder. They were one hit wonders back in the nineties. And Busy Phillips, the comedian, is mm-hmm. in this. Um, and she plays a real housewives reject, and she's nice. like the ditzy one of the group. Paula Pell is in it, and Renee Elise Goldsberry is in it. Yeah, one of the I don't remember her name, which one it is, but she's from the Broadway Hamilton. She was one of the Skyler sisters. Fuck, that's where I saw. Yes, that. Damn it! Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. As as soon as I saw her, I was like, "Wait, where do I know you from?" What's her name? Which one is it? R- Renee it's Elise Renee. Goldsberry. Okay. Okay. That's right. She plays Hamilton's friggin' wife. Not the oh. wife, the sister of the wife. Like I said, the sister of the wife. And <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, that was driving me batshit. But anyway, and then one of the one of the other girls passed away. And it's and it's not she died in an infinity pool accident. Oh my god. <laughs> And, and and I have to say that that joke is kind of funny because you look at infinity pools and say to yourself, how the fuck do people not fall out of these things? Because they're always high up in sky rises <laughs> yeah, yeah. or, or skyscrapers and all that. Yeah. Like, where does that water go? Well, it's a funny joke. But um, I got to say, I liked it. And it's goofy, and um, Tina Fey is actually part of this show as well. Okay. And she's she's one of the producers, and it certainly has her dry wit sense of humor about it that's kind of wacky at the same time. Sort of like 30 Rock, but with a girl group. Okay. Tina Fey is in this, and I, I find it really charming. Did you ever see the TV show Glow? I watched a little bit of it, yes. 
if you can imagine a mashup of that and the Spice Girls and 30 Rock. Okay. That's this show. Hmm. How many episodes did you watch? I watched the pilot episode. And okay. the reason that I watched the pilot episode is is just because the app was acting so oh, clunky that I was just like, you know what? Let me come back to this when I have the patience God gave a flea. Because yeah. I, I, I just had to be out for a second. That kind of behavior is why I got a new fire stick. Because mm. I would hit a button and nothing would happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That well, was horseshit. And so and I can looks, imagine your pain. Yes. And it looks like there are eight episodes. Oh, okay. To, to this. So, and, and each episode is only like half an hour long. So I'm going to follow this one all the way through hmm. just to pick it up and, and as sort of like a little guilty pleasure. Okay. But it's called Girls 5 Eva. On ugh, Peacock. Ugh. But it uh, debuted just, you know, the other week. So it's brand spanking new. Yeah, it is brand new. Uh, the other thing I watched is a documentary from HBO Max. This one is called The Crime of the Century. This is a two-part documentary about the opioid epidemic in America. And it goes all over the companies, you know, Purdue Pharma and the Sackler family and then and their Oxycontin and fentanyl and the company that started some stuff just to get in on the profitability of all these opioids and the epidemic. And it goes to the government and their inability to do anything about this. And it they talked to a former DEA agent who was totally trying to get the lawmakers to pay attention and do something, but he's got a little combative with Congress and then he was kind of pushed out and forced to retire. And so he's still going around talking to anybody who will listen at conferences, like a bunch of lawyers and stuff and government, local governments to in, uh, educate them on the, the whole a pipeline of pharmaceuticals and where shit can go wrong and the diversion of pharmaceuticals to uh, the black market in the streets from, mm. from the pharmaceutical company that creates them to the distributors because the, the pharmaceutical company can't just send them directly to pharmacies. They send them to a distributor, which there's like four or five of them total in the country where they then package them and ship them to the pharmacies and they have a responsibility the distributors to notify the DEA and authorities when they're seeing incredible amounts of these drugs being shipped places that is okay. an imminent threat to the public and the DEA can crack down on them and stop them from working but none of them did anything because they're making an ass load of money with all this, these pills they're distributing. Mm. And these companies, like they, they have, they have the big bucks that places like Purdue Pharma have to invest in our lawmakers mm -hmm. and lobby our lawmakers. So nothing happens to them either. Why? 
Yeah. So it's pretty much only the doctors who are stupid creating the pill factories, the pill farms, whatever. The crack houses of Oxy that get get cracked down on, that get stopped. Hmm. And any pharmacist that can catch this can help stop it. But the whole thing really proved to me, it is like just complete proof that there is no accountability for anyone committing crimes if they have money. True that. Or a certain amount of fame. Yeah. In my head, usually a certain amount of fame comes with having the money. Yes. And yeah. Yes. But you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And nothing will change because nothing has changed with this. OxyContin is still being made, still being marketed. They're creating bigger doses. And sure, they, they got in trouble and took... Uh, responsibility and have to pay like an $8 billion fine, but they've, they are filing for bankruptcy. They only have a billion. Now they aren't going to pay that $8 billion fine ever. Right. And the Sacklers don't get nothing's happening to them. No, and of course there's not, all, the, yeah, it, there's just all this proof all floating around everywhere. And the truth will never really come out. Uh, publicly with them having any responsibility for their actions. They suck. That, yeah. The whole thing's a bunch of bull fucking shit. And if you really want to get angry and see the fuck this shit and how long it's been going on and how nothing changes and yeah, <laughs> you can yeah. watch the Crime of the Century on HBO Max. There are two parts, a uh, total of 231 minutes. I watched them back to back because I had nothing else to do. <laughs> okay. And I, I went through every fucking app I have and all the channels and, man, there's nothing. But I found this one and, yeah, I I liked it. It was good. It was not... It, uh, informative. That's the word I was looking for. It was good. It was informative. And it made me mad. I find it interesting. And and I read the news for this, too. Have you ever just read the news? And I, and I get so jaded, and I hate that. That I read the news and think, nothing's going to fucking change. Yeah, that's where I'm at now. Nothing. And a change. lot of that has to do with exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the rich get out of shit. They don't have to do that. And I watch... Another uh, a, a video podcast I, I, or a channel on YouTube done by mm-hmm. a guy named Philip DeFranco. Shout out to Philip DeFranco. Hey. <laughs> but I watch I watch his show and he follows a lot of news. And a lot of that is some tech news and a lot of that is mainstream news. And some of it is news you really wouldn't care to hear about because it, it involves YouTubers like him. Mm. But... There are all these white, privileged young people who do dumb, crazy, stupid shit. And their quote, end quote, accountability is just being called out online. Oh, that's fucking shit. You know, and there were these two dudes, very specifically in California, who pretended that they had just robbed something and was and were carrying bags of money where money was falling out. And they made people think that they had robbed a bank. 
and they got into a car and an, an Uber and scared the shit out of the driver so much that the driver called the cops and the driver Gets was in getting trouble. in trouble. Mm-hmm. But these two white kids don't. That's and so that's the shit that makes me mad to to speak to your point mm-hmm. a little bit too. you know, fame and money and all that shit. That's why I would always rather be rich than famous. Oh, yes, absolutely. Because I don't give a shit if people know who I am. I just give a shit if I can live life. Yeah. So now you got me all pumped up and mad. Shit. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> now, don't be sorry, because then that show does what it's supposed to do um, and, and evoke emotion. I mean, good good TV, whether it's your show or my show, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if it evokes something in you to to talk about it and do stuff, then it's doing its job. So that's good. All right. All right. My so. final thing. I got uh, the our international show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a movie on Hulu. It's from 2014. It's a Korean action thriller, and it stars Lee Sun Kyung, who you may recognize as the dad homeowner guy from Parasite. Oh. Yes. And it also stars Cho Jin Woong, that Korean drama lovers like me may recognize from the series Signal. That you can find on Netflix that's really, really good, by the way. So this uh, stars a corrupt police detective played by Lee Sun Kyun. And his mother has recently passed away. And he is heading to the funeral. And uh, he's being investigated by Internal Affairs for bribery. And they're there at the station. And they're digging through his desk finding things and yeah that's a problem but he crashes into a guy who has wandered into the road and he's intoxicated he is worried that he's gonna now be brought up on manslaughter charges so he does really dumb shit and oh my god so much dumb shit that he does that i'm getting (laughs) angry like dude dude you are just Digging yourself a hole. Oh, my God. And then, as it does, shit hits the fan. Everything goes crazy. Oh, my God. As it does in these kind of things. And this is a really good one if you're into that whole corrupt police officer. And just, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Dumb. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it was, it's really good. It was very entertaining. I really, really liked it. Uh, this guy's an amazing actor. I've seen him in some other stuff than Parasite and and that. He's in a great Korean drama that I'd love to. Mm. And yeah, this is a damn good movie. It's called A Hard Day. You can find it on Hulu. It is subtitled. Okay. So I've got news. 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 So as always, thank you, David Rivera. We appreciate you so much. And I'm and I'm looking at these stories, and you know, one of them was 
Fucking Star Wars was released 44 years ago this week. Mm. I died a little inside when I read that one, but Mm -hmm. any (laughs) hoosie. Embedded in one of the news stories, I think about Timothy Chalamet, whatever, what's uh, Timothy Chalamet to play Willy Wonka in New Origin Tale. It's funny how origin tales have taken off. Yeah, yeah, that's a new genre. Because you have Cruella DeVille, you Mm -hmm. have Maleficent, you have Mm -hmm. now Willy Wonka. Come the fuck on and think of some original shit, Hollywood. This is why I like all the foreign stuff, man. I mean, seriously, I, I, and no shade at all to Timothy Chalamet, to Emma Stone, to anybody who is in these things, because it's work. As an actor, you yep. want to work and you want something that's cool to work on. Mm-hmm. But I fault Hollywood and their lack of originality and very much the studios for, for going back to their own well. Yeah. Instead of actually daring to read new and exciting scripts from new and exciting screenwriters. How the fuck else is the new great big idea supposed to come about when you're throwing all of your fucking money to Cruella? Right. Or or this new Willy Wonka bullshit. Well, anyway. So I'm reading these stories, getting all pissed off, especially <laughs> after you're talking about rich people suck. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you're right about that. Fuck this. Uh-huh. So very quietly, well, or not so quietly, movie theaters opened back up in earnest this week. Indeed. A Quiet Place 2 is expected to make $57 million at the box office. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what's it like in Illinois? Have you gotten rid of your mask mandate yet? Well, I just went over to Meijer to pick up my groceries and Uh, I did not see the sign outside saying masks required. That sign was gone. Oh, yeah. Uh, And uh, somebody else I was talking to said she went into Target and the sign was not there. But everybody she saw was wearing a mask. Yeah. Yeah. I did not go into Meyer, so I don't know if people were wearing a mask or not. But the sign was gone. I specifically looked for it, too, as I drove past the entrance. So this weekend, the mask mandate was lifted in New Jersey Mm -hmm. for anything indoor. I went to the grocery store yesterday myself, and people were still wearing masks. I would say about a good... 70, 75% of people were still wearing masks. Okay. I would say about 5% were wearing the chin diaper Mm, slash, you know, wearing the mask under their nose where there's no effect whatsoever. But then a few people actually had it off because the mask mandate is lifted. Mm -hmm. Going to New Orleans, there is no fucking mask mandate. Oh, wow. Yeah. I am so glad that we were all inoculated and have been for quite some time so we're at like full potency for that shit right Yeah, same here and walking down bourbon street for the hour or two that we were there thank god it was only an hour or two that oh my god <laughs> the smell of piss oh and, oh and beer and shame is terrible But the real story of that is when you wake up on a Monday morning and you see the actual work that goes into me. I wish 
I wish I had had my camera at that moment because that is the picture of Bourbon Street. Hmm. The, you know, the bars are getting all their deliveries. They're hosing down all the all the shame that happened over the weekend. You know, it takes a lot for that shit to happen. But anyhow, um, but a quiet place too for the four day weekend is expected to make about $57 million. Hmm. And I looked at Laura and she said, yeah, I'd like to see that. And it's one, and it's really the first big movie that isn't available for streaming, even on a premium device. Because Cruella, you can still get it home. Yeah, yeah, you got to pay extra for that, which I am not going to do. And I'm not going to do that either. I'd rather just see it for free in six months or whatever the fuck yeah. it is. Sorry, folks, we will not be telling you whether it's worth it to rent it because we already feel it's not worth it to rent it. Although all the reviews are saying it's great. I'm not saying it's not, you know, but I don't need to see an origin story of somebody who kills dogs. Right? Yeah, exactly. You know, the whole thing about Cruella DeVille is that she wants these fucking Dalmatians to make a coat. Exactly. So, sorry, just to remind you of the plot of the original 101 <laughs> Dalmatians. Yeah, for those who forgot. Crazy bitch wants mm -hmm. the dogs to kill. Anyhow. Anyhow. And they made an origin movie out of that. Yeah. Um, but log on to thewatchlistpod.com. Click on that contact us button. Hit us up on social media at symbol the watchlist pod or our individual um, Instagrams and say, hey, are you going back to the movies? This is the weekend. It's Memorial Day. Well, by the time this episode hits, it'll be done. Well, it'll be did done. Did you go but to the movies? Did you go to the movies over the Memorial Day holiday? Do you plan to now if your state's mask mandate is being lifted and, and all that other sort of stuff? Because even we, you know, Laura and I looked at each other and said, well, we'll go maybe next week. You know, when the crowd dies down a little bit. Yes. And go on a Monday when that crowd is even lesser on a non-holiday weekend. Right. Yeah. Good idea. You know, so... Yeah. No. So I, no talk about Amazon buying MGM. So yeah, like, yeah, we got to talk about that. Mm -hmm. All right. So Jeff <laughs> Bezos and Amazon fucking bought the entire MGM catalog of stuff for was it eight billion dollars? Something along those lines. Yes, there was an eight. <laughs> so Jeff Bezos went on Amazon and bought MGM <laughs> and had it instantly delivered through Prime. Anyhow, <laughs> yeah. that's a fucking funny joke. All right, look out, Jimmy Kimmel. Look there out, Jimmy Fallon. $8.45 billion. So most notably, that buys James Bond. Mm -hmm. That buys all of that. And what people are thinking, or at least what I'm thinking, is that he's trying to make Amazon MGM Plus. Yes. You know, like there's like there's Disney Plus and now Paramount Plus. He's trying to make you know Amazon MGM Plus, and MGM has a huge fucking catalog of movies. I mean. Was that Wizard um, of Oz on MGM? Wizard of Oz, sure as fuck was. Okay. So if so, if that's the only place you will eventually be able to stream the Wizard of Oz, that in and of itself 
is big. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually, but eventually you're going to have to know the company that makes your favorite movie. Right. Because yeah. when all of this shakes out, and and I'm kind of thinking this too, and that's part of why I bought Parks and Recreation too, and it's in my voodoo. Because eventually, whatever streaming platform it might also be on is going to give way to Peacock. Mm-hmm. You know, and and with Disney owning Fox, you might not be able to stream Die Hard anymore unless you go to some Disney-provided thing. So is it expected? No, but do I really care? Eh. Ah. Yeah, I, I for know. some reason I thought MGM had merged with some one of the other studios already. M- I but don't know MGM, why I thought that, but I did. But remember when MGM, um, back in the day when we worked at Iltis, MGM was always going through money troubles. Mm-hmm. Always. You know, okay. for the last 20 or 30 years, it's been going through money problems. Because hmm. really, the only thing keeping it afloat has been Bond. Yeah, really. Honestly. That's the, other than Wizard of Oz, those are the only two off the top of my head I can think of. I think 2001 A Space Odyssey was also MGM. But, oh, okay. But any whatever, whatever. Hmm. So they might have joined with somebody somewhere. I know that MGM and United Artists merged many, many, many years ago. Uh-huh. And they formed their own thing. But suffice it to say that Amazon is going to be the repository for MGM shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeppers. So, eh. Hmm. And the wheel keeps on spinning in terms of content. But what do you guys think about that, too? Do you really give a shit about your content enough to start knowing who provides it? Or are you just going to drop it and say, well, fuck it. It's just too hard to find. Hit us up. Let us know. Go to the watchlistpod.com. Click on that contact us button or also engage us on the social media. I'd be very interested to know that. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So any Uzi. Also, almost done with Mayor of Easttown. Oh, I have yet to watch that. I need to watch it. A friend of mine on Facebook was saying, I think I've uh, unpuzzled Mayor of Easttown or something along those lines. Well, Broadchurch is superior. Uh-huh. But, but Mayor of Easttown, really fucking good. And it got okay. better. Oh, okay. Sev- good to know. Seven episodes on HBO Max. So if you mm. have HBO Max, go to that. Anyhow, just a quick shout out for that. But I'm done, man. I'm spent. I, yeah, me too. Okay. Well, thanks, everybody. What a a crappy ending to this show. I have watched, (laughs) I I have finished yet another Korean drama. And now these people whose lives I was following that I've become so invested in, their story's over. And I've lost more friends again. And that's how it feels. That's how it feels when I finish uh, binging a show. You sound like you're in a cult. I oh, I am kind of. I, I am kind of. And it's, oh, man, these. Sh- I do not cry at any other like American show. There's no American show lately that's made yes, me it does. Bullshit. so emotional that I cried. Bullshit. It's called Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Okay, that one American show that has recently made me cry. Thank you for reminding me. But yeah. these Korean shows, 
at the end, that final episode, I'm like, oh my god, this is so sad. Oh my god. Anyway, moving forward <laughs> to end the show. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah, but anyhow. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we appreciate you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and tell a friend to hit that subscribe button as well. Give us a shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, and by the way, sidebar. Mm-hmm. Just a really quick sidebar. So we're on an alligator tour uh-huh. in in the bayou of uh, of Louisiana there. And we actually went to one of the places on the boat where they got a lot of the visuals for the drawings in The Princess and the Frog. Oh. The Disney animated film. Cool. Have you ever seen that? I don't think I have. Disney's The Princess and the Frog, their first African-American princess, by the Mm -hmm. way. Really good movie. Really good movie. And it deals with voodoo and it deals yeah. with New Orleans and it's and it's really, really, really well done. And Nika Noni Rose is is the voice of the princess in that movie. I just think it was a little bit before its time and the wrong style of animation. Oh, okay. Because it was it was traditional 2D. Uh-huh. And that was way after, way after Pixar had come about oh. and you're seeing all these animated movies like Boss Baby and Yeah. Okay. And all that other sort of shit where that have that are computer generated. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could have visually done anything differently. But I wished more people would would watch Princess and the Frog. It's it's really good. It's a New Orleans kind of thing, and I'm all about New Orleans right now because mm-hmm. I just got back and any music. All right, all right, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and. Hope you had a good holiday. Yes. And we will talk to you next time. We sure will. Okay, bye. bye.